0: Hi, welcome to our podcast, Silence is Violence. I'm Cece. And I'm Arsima.
1: And today we will be talking to you about how female leads learn to overcome stereotypes to become positive female role models in literature, specifically in the book Circe and the Hate You Give.
0: This will go over the literary theory of gender studies. The first book we will discuss is Circe by Madeline Miller. Her story was originally told in Homer's The Odyssey, where she is portrayed as an evil sorceress who turns any men who enter her island into pigs. In Madeline Miller's Circe, we learn that her character has a lot more depth. Circe grows up as the daughter of Helios, a titan, and also a nymph. Circe's father is extremely powerful, and her mother is very beautiful. Circe is viewed as neither of these things and is often bullied by her siblings and her mother, who call her ugly because of her hawk voice and the streak in her hair. Because of this torment, Circe feels powerless and is very passive, and is viewed as weak by everyone in her life. During this time when Circe is powerless, she meets a mortal named Glaucos. Glaucus is the first person to view Circe as beautiful and powerful, and she falls in love with him. In order to fulfill his desires, Circe uses her powers for the first time and turns Glaucos into a god. Despite receiving his power from Circe, Glaucos almost immediately deserts her and falls for a nymph-, a nymph named Skyla, who is viewed as prettier than Circe. In a fit of jealousy, Circe turns Skyla into a monster, so Glaucos will no longer love her. After revealing her power, Circe is sent away to the island of Aea, where she's deserted and alone. But here she ends up finding herself and her power. On this island, Circe faces many hardships, but one of the most impactful was when she was raped by a group of men who came to her island. Circe uses her power to turn the men into their truest self, which is pigs. She continues doing this until she meets a man named Odysseus, who she believes is different from the other men, and he stays with her for a year away from his wife and son before continuing on his journey home. Circe becomes pregnant with his son who she raises on her own. Being a single mother is extremely difficult for Circe, and she faces many challenges on the journey of motherhood. Circe's son eventually decides to leave for Ithaca to meet his father Odysseus, only to end up killing him. He returns to Aea with Odysseus' wife and son, who both have many reasons to hate Circe. However, they all end up forming a bond, and Circe eventually marries Odysseus' son, Telegonus, and has two daughters with them on the island where they live in peace until their deaths.
1: The second book we will discuss is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. This novel encompasses real life aggressions as well as racial divisions through black men and women's perspective. Specifically, it zeroes in on the story of Star Carter and her experiences as a black female resident of Garden Heights as well as how being a student at a mainly white predominant high school affects her life. As a PSE attending Williamson High School, Star juggles her two personas and struggles to maintain them. She mentioned that she has a Williamson star and a garden Heights star two very different versions of herself and believes that they must never be intermixed however after the death of her friend and first love khalil star is forced to abandon her separatist ideals and combine both versions of herself to outgrow the cage she enclosed herself into here she learns not to be afraid and to use her voice to speak out against stereotypical norms seen in both versions of herself and in the environment or individual personas thriving, while calling out members of both environments to educate themselves on the differences between each other in order to create a resolve. This novel envelops a racial dividend between the two very different neighborhoods and how crossing paths leads to police violence, racial aggressions, and the Black Lives Movement, all which heavily affect our society today.
0: The literary theory gender studies looks at the way our society views gender and how the perception of how a certain gender should act is always changing. In literature and media, there are many gender norms that affect the way we view ourselves. An example of this is the perception of beauty in many movies. The women that are the protagonists are often skinny, white, passive characters who are saved by men and from this they find happily ever after, while the villains are often fat, ugly, and assertive. These gender norms can damage our society by promoting the idea that women can't be strong and must be saved, which is harmful to many young girls who feel like in order to be pretty or well-liked in society, they can't be opinionated. In books, these women are also oft- friendships between women are also often viewed as catty, and they're viewed as frenemies rather than simply friends. These constant stereotypes make a genuine friendship between women seem less common and create a sense of competition or rival- rivalry between women. Because gender roles are made by society and are always changing, Looks like Cersei and the Hate you Give help gender roles, help gender roles improve, and show women, and show the women in power in many strong female roles. In the beginning of the novel, Cersei, Cersei is portrayed as someone who is passive and powerless compared to the men in her life, like her father and brother, and she's viewed as ugly compared to her mother and sister. Because of her lack of power and beauty, Cersei is viewed as having no value. This belief continues until Cersei changes Glaucus into a god and Skyla into a monster. After telling her father this, Cersei is laughed at and it is doubted she can have these powers because of how weak she is portrayed to be. The Titans continue to believe that Cersei is weak until her brother steps in and confirms her power, which is shown when he says, I tell you, Cersei has such powers. This is an example of the gender norms that damage our society, and it shows how Cersei's word couldn't be taken as true until a man could vouch for her. This is something that is constant in our society, and a woman's word is often viewed as less valuable as less valuable than a man's. The portrayal that women are weak can continue on in the book during Cersei's banishment to her island until her rape. After this, Cersei says, it is a common saying that women are delicate creatures, flowers, eggs, anything that may be crushed in a moment's carelessness. If I had ever believed it, I no longer did. Although Cersei's rape was very damaging, her magic also brought her power, and by turning the men into pigs, she felt a sense of empowerment where she realized she was no longer the weak girl her siblings and parents had doubted. The scene marks the beginning of where Cersei finds her voice and breaks free from her silence. She no longer views herself or other women as weak. Another way Cersei challenges stereotypical gender roles is when she meets Penelope, Odysseus' wife. Although the two could have become enemies, they find a friendship and challenge gender roles that women should always be in competition.
1: In The Hate U Give, Star is tasked with finding out who her true allies are. Not everyone was going to agree with what she said, and that was evident multiple times throughout the novel. However, multiple arguments between Star and Haley ultimately caused a falling out between the two friends. Initially, it started because Star posted a photo of Emmett Till. The sight of the, his mangled body upset Haley and caused her to unfollow Star off the platform. Haley chose to remain ignorant despite Star's multiple attempts to help educate her friend. It was when Haley disrespected Khalil and said that he should have complied with the officer where Starr decided to cut ties with Haley. However, cutting off Haley did not affect ties with Maya, who attempted to pacify the argument on multiple occasions. She learned that by brushing it under the rug, it was in its own form an aggression since it was purposely belittling the severity of the situation. Maya and Starr remained friends. This is an example of how women in literature can maintain their identity as well as their friendships, creating positive gender relations instead of stereotypes that demean a woman as catty. Feminism as its textbook definition is the empowerment of women. Gender norms place white males on top of that social ladder, whereas black women are at the bottom. Feminism is an ideology that forms around women being able to voice themselves and have a formal introduction into society as functioning members who are just as capable as their male counterparts. Star, as a little girl, went through many rough patches with this social ladder. In Garden Heights, it was where the King Lords who were on top, and it was anyone who had wronged them who were placed at the bottom. Star's friend Natasha was unfortunately at the wrong place at the wrong time. Star de- despised the King Lords, but they couldn't do anything to hurt her directly since her father had taken the fall for the King, who was the leader of this notorious gang. Because of this, Natasha, Khalil, and Star were all scoped by the King, Lo- king Lords. But it was Natasha who had met her end after being pierced by a gun that shot multiple bullets out of a moving car. This was a warning for Star that she should remain her silence. After losing her friend, Star also lost her voice. Ultimately, this traumatizing event manifests itself later on in Star's life, this time, claiming the life of her love, Khalil. There was a shooting at a party that they were at, and as they fled the house, they jumped into Khalil's car. After driving around for a while trying to head home, they got pulled over. Here, a cop mistakes Khalil's hairbrush for a gun and shoots the boy, ultimately killing him. Stars is left scarred, seeing both her best friends die in front of her. Star learned to maintain her silence, but this time it was different. She didn't want anyone to know that she knew who killed Khalil, or how he died. She didn't even want those outside of her community, Garden Heights, to know that she knew him. Khalil was a part of the King Lords. Speaking about him and even the lords could mean that her family, as well as her own life, could have been in danger. After being silenced once by the king, she didn't want to be silenced again, this time at a greater cost. She chose to remain silent. Her silence soon became disturbed as a female activist named April, Miss April became a role model for Star. She urged Star to use her voice. What is the point in having a voice if you're going to remain silent the moments you shouldn't be? These words rung through Star's mind and launched her into a fight between silence and justice. Initially, she agreed to go onto national television in order to tell the truth about Khalil's death, much to the dismay of the King Lords, on the condition that her face was blurred and her voice was altered. She wasn't completely comfortable in her own identity coming out to speak on such a topic, so she undertook another anonymous identity. She kept her. She kept up this identity. Later on in the novel, Starr is yet again forced to collapse the bridge between Williamson and Garden Heights. The students of Williamson High had a protest against police brutality, but saw it as an excuse to skip school. Starr was obviously bothered, since it was her friend who died. Starr and her friends, as well as her boyfriend, chose to stay at school, attending their classes, since using such an excuse to skip was morally wrong. Starr was again faced with aggressions from her best friend Haley, who uses stereotypes against POC. This was her final straw, who had an emotional breakdown after seeing her best friend blame Khalil for, off- for the officer losing his job. Starr takes on the role of the aggressor and fights Haley. Starr lost her silence. She, lost- she voiced her feelings. Your voices matter. Your dreams matter. Your lives matter. Be the rose that grows in the concrete. She took on the characteristics of an independence that she needed in order to fuel her own identity. Star identified herself as the witness and took part in protests. She no longer had to be afraid. She could
0: now we will have a quick commercial break. During our break, we talked to my mom about her experiences with women in literature. She said that growing up, she had little to no books in her school curriculum that showed a strong, independent female lead. She said that having role models that showed independence and that went against the gender norm of being passive really impacted her. It's important to include books with strong female leads in our curriculum so young women don't feel like they have to be put into a box of how a woman should behave based on stereotypical gender norms. Now we will conclude our podcast. The two books relate in many ways, the main way being that they both discuss difficult social issues such as rape and police brutality while using powerful female roles to do so. Both of these characters show development throughout the plot by changing from being passive to progressive and powerful. Although originally the girls are both quiet and nervous to share their voices, they become powerful and find strength through their hardships. Both books show great examples of female empowerment and help change gender norms that are detrimental to our society. Our podcast is called Silence is Violence because when the girls were originally silent, they can't help anyone. Cersei is trapped by her silence of having to hold in her powers and not stick up for herself, and Star is trapped by not sharing about what happened to Khalil. When these characters decide to use their voice, they both empower themselves and find their true strength. Thank you so much for listening.